Sourcing for Innovation podcast, episode five. My name is Adam Curtis, your host. Joining me once again, Robert Winkler, project manager here at Catalyte. Rob, great to see you again. Thank you for having me again. We today are going to do sort of a part two from your last podcast. Last time you were on, we talked about seven project management anti-patterns. And while today's topic isn't per se an anti-pattern, it could be perceived as such if you practice it wrong. And by practice it, I mean practice agile. So we're going to get into a little bit about how you implement, how you practice agile in your organization on sort of the sliding scale from dogmatic, these are the rules, to, yeah, we'll just like kind of pick and choose and, and, and figure it all out. Is that, a, is that a good intro for what we're going to talk about today? I think so. I, I think you uh, really captured what we're going to be discussing. So the impetus for this a little bit is an article that you came across about this idea of faux agile, which is there on the sort of the less constrictive, let's say, side of the scale where you pick and choose some agile principles, you mix them up, you do them in a probably not uh, a, a great productive fashion. I'm sure you've seen stuff like this in some of the projects that you've had to manage, correct? I have seen Agile uh, practice in some very interesting ways that uh, were very clearly counterproductive. So, uh, you know, I think I think a good idea right now, though, is to kind of clean up this uh, this definition of faux Agile, though. Please. Uh, agile itself, you know, it, the word means to be able to change rapidly, to, to adapt. Uh, so the, the idea of being able to kind of pick and choose what works from different Agile methodologies or frameworks is not a terrible idea. That's actually probably a great idea. Um, faux agile, from what I've seen though, is when you are just going through motions, you have picked and chosen some things, but you're just doing them. You're not getting the value out of them, uh, which then leads to doing them incorrectly, uh, not understanding them. Um, so when you're not getting the benefits of agile, but you're quote, doing agile, sure. that's faux agile. So in those situations, what is really the the cause of this the anti-pattern the quote-unquote i'm practicing agile but not really getting any value of it is that not really understanding the processes is it laziness is it uh, what is it? it it can be a combination of things actually uh the first one everybody likes to go to is not understanding it uh because agile is, is not a concrete uh, practice. You know, there are different methodologies, different frameworks. People make livings uh, trying to teach these methodologies and frameworks to organizations because they, they can be fairly complicated or at least new if you've never done them before and kind of scary. So what we, uh, that, that, that's one way that they can go wrong. The other way is not, uh, lack of adoption, you know, lack of embracing what you are, want your organization to do. Someone comes up and says, oh, I hear if we go agile, we're going to be faster. So pick a framework and use it and let me know how it goes. And then the rank and file is like, okay, sure. All right, we picked this framework. Uh, we're doing it, boss. See? And the boss is like, is it working? And they're like, yeah, sure. It's working. Exactly. In those situations, what can prepare you better to get the value out of agile? Well, the first thing I would say is you need to understand what framework you're picking, if you're picking a particular framework. Uh, and, and by that, I mean you have all of these different methodologies. You have Scrum, you have Kanban, you have XP, the list goes on. 
you need to understand what benefits those methodologies try to uh, garner, you know, try, try to give you, and, and determine if those are in line with what you're trying to achieve. The worst thing you can do is start uh, using an agile framework and it being insistent upon we follow this method, but it's not really what's going to fit your organization. That's the first thing you need to do is determine if you're going to use a methodology, which one is right for you. Sure. And then second, going back to adoption. Everyone in the organization needs to be on board with this. Uh, a common thing that I, I've seen recently in one of my projects is you have a business unit that you know they want to get things done, they want it as fast as possible, they are okay with the development team using an agile framework. They're like, all right, that's how you get it done. Uh, but part of the, the one of the tools that the team uses is a, uh, a backlog management tool, and the business is not embracing that. They, they want things still done in Excel spreadsheets. They're not on the same page as the team. So it, you can't have it 50-50. It, it needs to be all or nothing. The entire organization has to uh, embrace whatever framework or methodology we're using. So let's say in that situation, you know, the business team ha does get on board. So we now have alignment between the business and the actual development team. You've picked your uh, methodology. You've picked your way that you're going to do agile. And then from there, how do you really decide, all right, out of the agile manifesto, which one of these are we going to follow to the letter of the law and which one of them, as you said, you can be a little bit more agile about doing? <laughs> well, I just I want to correct you one thing. The Agile Manifesto would not dictate a, a methodology. Fair, so I, okay. Fair enough. No problem. Uh, second, um, to, to kind of uh, address your question a, a bit more directly, the letter of the law, this this is the problem I, I come up with. You know, we, we talked earlier about this idea of dogmatic Agile, which is, I think, what you're getting at there. Sure. Dogmatic Agile is an oxymoron. It shouldn't exist. There's no such thing as dogmatic agile. Agile is a state of mind. It's, uh, you know, not not to sound like uh, you know a love child from the '60s, but it, it's it's a it's a way of thinking, you know. And the agile manifesto and the agile principles are basically saying these are the benefits you should see if you are uh, adopt an agile way of doing things. So dogmatic. It, it doesn't fit because they tell you you are supposed to change. You're supposed to adapt. Uh, sticking to a framework that isn't working is not being agile. Sticking to a framework that needs to change for whatever reason is not being agile. So there's it, it, nothing wrong with picking a framework and saying, you know what, everything's working except this one piece, this one particular meeting or this one way of doing things. We need to change that. That it, it's when someone says, no, we can't change that. Well, you're not doing agile. And to me, that's the real foe agile right there. Again, you're going through the motions, but you're not really getting the benefits of it. So change, it sounds like at the macro level, if you realize something's not working, is okay in the situation. But I know talking with you beforehand a little bit about the article, there are a couple things that the author brought up about changing maybe on the more process level that you were like, no, that's something that you cannot change, that you need to have in place as a best practice in order for you to get the value out of whatever methodology you're using. Specifically, I want to bring up the changing sprint commitments. Well, and I, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. Um, I don't like changing sprint commitments. No one does. 
because that's the idea of the commitment. We have said, this is what we're going to work on this sprint or iteration, whatever term you want to use. When you start changing that, things become more volatile. Uh, but I, I do want to say, though, there are times where it's acceptable. And I want to bring up a couple examples. You know, when we talk about we're changing the sprint commitment, what are we doing? Are we looking at a four-point card that is still in the to-do column, has not been touched by anybody, and we say, you know what, there's another four-point card in the backlog. We want to swap those out because this other four-point card gives us more value. On the surface, I see nothing wrong with that because the work hasn't been started. It's an equal work agreed to by the team. What are we changing? We're changing almost nothing. Now, if you go to a developer and they're an entire day into a story that they're working on and we say, no, no, we're going to stop what you're working on and give you something else, that is disruptive and that's dangerous. Uh, that is not being agile. That's being chaotic. Got it. So it's the, it really is, it gets to um, disruption in the process. The, you have the methodology, you have the process in place to get faster results, get better results, get everyone on the same page, have the well-oiled machine. If the machine in general needs fixing, take it out, put in a new machine, but you don't throw the proverbial wrench in the gears in the middle of it to try to, you know, for no particular reason. Exactly. You don't hit the TV on the top of it, Rob, <laughs> even though you want to, that's not going to fix the problem. Well, TVs are so thin nowadays, you know, you can never really... You just poke them. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the other things mentioned uh, in the article here that, I, again, you disagreed with a, a little bit here, was the author's you know, definition of done. His, uh, his definition was that you have one definition of done that works across everything. That's the way in which you figure out, all right, we're complete with this. You, and this is one of the cases where you think that you need to be a little bit more Agile in your definition of done. Uh, agreed. Now, uh, to be again, to be fair to the author of the article, I don't think that was his intention, uh, but it, it definitely was the way it came across to me, uh, where he was he was kind of stating, you, you don't want to uh, totally abandon a lot of agile methods that work, and one of them is the definition of done. Uh, every text I've ever read on agile and their methodologies says you should have a definition of done. You should know when the work is completed. Uh, and I think in an effort to give an example of a good definition of done he likes to stick by, it came across as though this is the definition of done bare minimum. Got it. Uh, the definition of done, as you'll, you'll read anywhere, is a living document. It's unique to a team. Uh, granted, a lot of them look similar, uh, just because you know there are a lot of repeatable processes across uh, at least software projects, you know, unit testing, uh, making sure the UAT is complete, things like that. You know, these are not uh, foreign concepts to most software teams, so you're going to see them in a lot of definitions of done. But that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in there. Probably a good idea that they are, but to to say that this is the bare minimum you should have in a definition of done, uh, again, goes against the agile. You're trying to fit a process in somewhere where maybe it's not called for. Yeah, because most places aren't sort of the green field in which you can start from scratch. You are taking a methodology or a practice that hadn't been used before in an organization, trying it first, you said to sort of shoehorn it in there, get what works. 
you can expand it and become more comprehensive over time, but you are always going to be competing with somebody else's agenda or processes that are already in place. Correct. Now, I do want to say that the author of this article, when he was talking about uh, the things you are, are, are almost concrete and absolute uh, across the Agile projects, the, the greater point he was trying to hit, though, was the idea of the Agile sanity check, which I really agreed with him on. It's, it's where the organization, the team members, everybody gets together and say, you know, what are we doing? Is it benefiting us? And one thing he said you have to have is respect for the retrospective, which I do agree with because the retrospective is key to Agile. It's where you say what is working, what is not working, what do we have to change? And I, I just think that um, when, when we talk about those Agile sanity checks, that's exactly what needs to happen. Um, rather than going through this faux Agile, as, as we like to say, uh, you know, if we are constantly evaluating our processes, we're doing Agile which is what we want to do. <laughs> so you're iterating on the iterations that you're doing. Did I just take you down a wormhole here? I, I, yeah, that, that's a bit recursive. You come into an, an organization, you, Rob, you come in as an Agile coach, you come in as a project manager. You see this Agile quote unquote happening. You think, all right, this is faux Agile. Why? Well, because the value isn't being done. You're kind of walking through the motions. It's a little bit Walking Dead-esque out there. How would you start to fix that process? How do you get everyone on board? How do you take what is sort of routine and make it to be, um, I don't know, a little bit more of an imperative for business purposes? Well, it's kind of the, one of the first things you do as any consultant. You walk in and you try to figure out the goals of the organization. What are we trying to improve? What are we trying to achieve? Uh, are, are we making our releases, but we'd like to make them faster? Are we uh, hitting our deadlines, but we find that there's a lot of bugs in our system that we then have to go back and do more work? It, it's kind of figuring out what our goals are, and then we look at the current process. Is our, can, can our current process achieve that goal if it's fine-tuned? If not, well, then we're doing the wrong process. We need to make changes. If, if we can use the current process, but we've got to make a few tweaks, that's okay too. It's, it's really coming down to what are we trying to achieve and are we using the right tool for the job? And if not, reevaluate, find out what it is. Exactly. Robert Winkler, project manager here. As real as real can be, nothing faux about him. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.